This is Adam Hulse. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of my podcast, which is, of course, brought to you by La Touraine, the best affordable luxury watches and accessories on the market. Go to their website, latouraine.com, and use my promo code AHS. That will get you 10% off your entire order. We are also brought to you by Pick'em Wars, free-to-play contests, real cash prizes. Make sure you check them out. Make your picks. If you get the most right that week, you win real cash at pickemwars.com. We also have Team Clicks, Team Branded Sunglasses and Blue Light Blockers. They have every team from every professional league. Check them out. Really cool designs. Great stuff there at teamclicks.com. That's clicks with an X and you can use my promo code all capital letters Adam Hole Sports for all of your best deals and offers. That same promo code, all capital letters, Adam Holt Sports, will also get you your best deals and offers at fanatics.com. They have team branded literally anything you can think of, anything you want with your team's name or logo on it. You can find it at fanatics.com and use my promo code, all capital letters, Adam Holt Sports to get all of your best deals and offers. Now, before I get into this episode, I'd like to give a shout out to Rave on Sports, the awesome app where we watch games live and follow along and comment on all the action as it's happening. I have been hosting the Dallas Cowboys games on the Rave on Sports app. I was there for almost all of last season. I was there for week one of this season, and I will be there again for week two when the Cowboys take on the Bengals, so make sure you come join me there. It's a whole lot of fun. You should really check it out if you haven't yet it's called rave on sports and it can be downloaded on both apple and android and one last thing before i get into this episode of the podcast i want to invite everybody to join me and come check out it's called the trenches it's available on youtube it's presented by armchair athletics it is a fantasy football reality competition i am taking place in that this season i am one of the 12 teams that is competing for a large cash prize so it's a fantasy football league but with all kinds of unexpected twists and turns. For example, in week one, in our fantasy football matchup, we had to swap quarterbacks with our opponents, and then also turnovers for week one only were worth 10 points each. So again, it's not like your normal fantasy league. There's a lot of unexpected twists and turns. It's a whole lot of fun. Go on YouTube, check it out. It's called The Trenches, and it's presented by Armchair Athletics. I'm also playing for a very special charity on the trenches. It's called Merlin's Kids. Merlin's Kids rescues dogs and then trains them into service dogs. They pair them individually with children and all people of special needs. So it's kind of a win-win for both sides. It's great for the dogs because they're getting a new home and it's great for the people because they're getting a service dog. It's called Merlin's Kids. If you have anything you can donate to them, that would be great. It's a really great cause and I'm very proud to help them out. Okay, so now that all of that has been said, I just want to let you know that everything I just listed off and mentioned can all be found in one place on my Twitter page. So follow me there, at Adam Hulse Sports. I have a pinned tweet at the top of my page with my most recent episode of the podcast. In the comment section of that episode tweet are direct links to everything that I just mentioned on here. So make sure you follow me on at Adam Hulse Sports on Twitter. I also post all of my 
lot of NFL articles on there. I write about 25 of them a week. So all my content, everything up to date, all the links that you need to know can all be found on my Twitter page at Adam Hull Sports. So with that being said, let's now get into this episode of the podcast. Week one of the NFL season is officially in the books. And with the end of week one, always comes overreactions, right? That's a result of the very long offseason for the NFL. We all wait like seven months to finally get football back. So that's a long time to build up all these expectations and all these predictions and figuring out how you think everything is going to go this season. Seven months is a long time to formulate all that kind of stuff. And then week one comes around and not everything goes the way that you thought it was going to go. And that can cause a lot of big changes on your perceptions of teams, perceptions of players. It can get extreme after week one. Sometimes when your team wins in week one, you feel like this is it. We're going to the Super Bowl this year. This team is awesome. On the other hand, when your team loses in week one, sometimes it feels like, man, I waited seven months just for another lost season. We're not going to do anything this year. We lost week one. We look terrible. And it's already over after one game. While neither of those two things are true, the overreaction in a good way or a bad way, obviously the whole 17-game season can't be determined in just one week. But one week can teach us some things about teams, about players. It can definitely tweak my full season-long predictions and my outlook on what I think is going to happen. So I am going to give some of my overreactions, if you will, from week one. Most of them are going to be based off of things that I talked about in last week's episode of the podcast when I made all of my full season-long predictions. I talked about certain players I liked and disliked, what teams I was high on, what teams I was low on. So with some of my overreactions, some of those predictions that I made, I am going to double down on them and really like lean into it and feel like that prediction is definitely going in the right direction. While some of my other predictions, I'm going to overreact and maybe complete change what I thought last episode and amend it to something else. So with that being said, I'm just going to jump right into it and I'm going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys looked awful in week one, especially on offense. They were the only team in the entire NFL in week one that did not score a single touchdown. The offense could not get anything going at all. Defensively, they did look very good. Micah Parsons in particular looks as good as advertised. He's probably going to compete for the Defensive Player of the Year award as long as he stays healthy. So I'm not too upset about the defense, but the offense just looked so bad. And that was even while Dak Prescott was still in the game. Dak Prescott suffered the bad thumb injury in the fourth quarter. He's expected to miss, they're saying at least a month, but it's probably going to be more like two months if we're being realistic here. The injury obviously is terrible news for the Cowboys, but as I said, the offense looked terrible even while Dak was playing. They got a field goal on their opening drive of the game, looked pretty good on that drive, and literally did nothing else for the rest of the game. Now, with Dak out, Cooper Rush is now going to take over as their quarterback for the time being. And look, I'll admit, when I first heard the news that Dak had a fracture in his thumb, my initial reaction was like, well, this
this season's lost. If he's going to be out for a couple months, half the season, however long he's going to be out for, the Cowboys are finished already. That was my initial overreaction. But after giving it some time to think about it and, you know, really look through it and let things settle down and get over the initial aggravation of losing the game and looking so bad, I'm actually going to go the other way with it. And I'm going to overreact a little bit to Cooper Rush. Rather than saying with Cooper Rush starting, the Cowboys have no shot, I'm going to give Cooper Rush a chance. He started one game so far in his entire career. It was last season against the Vikings, and he won that game. So Cooper Rush technically is an undefeated starting quarterback. Now, it's only been one game, but he has not lost the game as a starting quarterback yet. So I'll go the other way with it, and I'm going to say I'm going to believe in Cooper Rush until he gives me a reason not to believe in him. He filled in one game last year. He got the win. I don't know how many games he's going to have to fill in for this year. Again, the Cowboys are being very optimistic, saying Dak could come back in a month. To me, that seems a little unlikely, considering it's a broken bone in his thumb on his throwing hands, which is like, to me, sounds like one of the worst injuries that a quarterback could have. But again, no matter how long Dak is out for, I'm going to say for now, I believe in Cooper Rush. I hope he can manage some wins. Maybe the defense can still step up big time. They looked pretty good against Brady and the Bucks. Maybe they can keep that going. The Cowboys face off against the Bengals this week. I'll be hosting that game on the Ravon Sports app, by the way, so join me there. The Bengals last week had a lot of problems protecting Joe Burrow. They had a hard time last season protecting Burrow. He was sacked a ton. He was hit a ton. That continued in week one against the Steelers. So I think the Cowboys defense can get some pressure on Burrow. I think Micah Parsons can have another big game. The Cowboys secondary is going to have their hands full with Jamar Chase and the rest of the receiving core of the Bengals. But if we can get pressure on Burrow like the Steelers did last week, the Steelers came away with the win in that game. The Steelers also intercepted Burrow four times. They hit him all game long. So if the Cowboys defense can come up with a similar performance, I give them a chance to upset the Bengals in Dallas. The offense, we got to run the ball efficiently, and Cooper Rush does not have to be spectacular, but he can't make any big mistakes either. So I think we have to go to the old school formula of football, play great defense, run the ball, don't turn it over, give yourself a chance. So my overreaction with the Cowboys is that Cooper Rush is going to keep them afloat, keep them relevant, keep them good enough so that when Dak comes back, they're still competing for that division title. Okay, so for my next takeaway from week one, I'm looking at that Packers and Vikings game. Now, I did say on last week's episode that I believe that the Packers were going to get off to a slow start to the season. With all the changes to Aaron Rodgers' receiving core, I thought they would be out of sync. No Alan Lazard in that game. A young, inexperienced, no chemistry type of receiving core. And Rodgers just looked bad. Now, it wasn't completely unexpected. He was probably even worse than I thought that he would be. But the offense was just a complete mess. Rodgers couldn't get anything going. He couldn't get on the same pages as receivers. Now, I am kind of sticking with what I said about the Packers in the last episode that they'll get off to a slow start to the season. They'll get better as the year goes on and they'll probably look like the best version of the Packers late in the year rather than early or middle. And I actually did pick the Vikings to win their week one game against the Packers. 
But I'm changing my stance on this division a little bit. The Vikings really impressed me in week one. With their new head coach, their new offensive system, Justin Jefferson went off, obviously. I mean, he's probably the best wide receiver in football right now with what he's done through his two-plus years so far. But I just think that this new offense, this new system with Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams, I think that's going to benefit everybody on their offense. Cousins looked very comfortable in the system. I think Dalvin Cook can have a huge year with this scheme that they're now running. I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to look. Obviously, the Vikings have a very talented offense. Cook was a top five rusher last year. Jefferson was a top five receiver last year. So they had the tools in place. I just kind of wanted to see what it looked like first. And it looked really good against a Packers defense that's really one of the better defenses in the league. And the Vikings had no problem moving the ball. The running game worked. The passing game worked. They look like a new team with this new scheme. So I'm changing my pick now in the NFC North. I'm believing that that game was not a fluke. I do think the Packers will get better as the year goes on, but I think the Vikings could be here to stay. I like the new system. I like the way it looked. I think that the Vikings are going to overtake the Packers and win the NFC North this year. Okay, so now let's move on to the AFC South division. As I said last week, this is the worst division in the NFL, in my opinion. No. None of the four teams got a win in week one. The Titans somehow lost to the Giants. Awful loss for them. The Colts and the Texans played each other. They finished their game in a tie. And the Jaguars lost to the Commanders in a really tight game, back and forth kind of game. Now, of those four teams, I think the team that looked the best was my big underdog pick to win that division, and that was the Jaguars. Now, I know that they lost that game too, but they looked pretty good in doing so. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's definitely made progress from last year the new receiving core Christian Kirk and Zay Jones now like they're not superstar wide receivers they're an upgrade from what the Jaguars had last year and both of them played very well they had more than 20 targets between the two of them but the most encouraging thing for me with the Jaguars offense is that James Robinson after that Achilles injury last year he looks himself he looks fully recovered he played great in that game he looks fully back he actually took over the lead back role from Travis Ed Etienne, which... Etienne was expected to be the starter, but Robinson definitely outplayed him and looked like he's going to be the starter moving forward with Etienne as more of the spellback, receiver, home run threat type of running back. But it looks like Robinson's going to get most of the dirty work in that offense. So again, the Jags didn't look awesome in week one. They obviously lost the game to the commanders who aren't really that good of a team either, but they showed some encouraging signs. And as I explained it last week, I think this division is very week and I think it's winnable for the Jags as long as Trevor Lawrence makes a big step forward and takes progress which I fully believe that he's going to I still think he's a special talent and the head coaching change is just so night and day Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl winning coach Urban Meyer was an absolute disaster I think the Jags are another team that can get better as the year goes on I think that the Titans and Colts will play a little better the rest of the year than they did in week one too but week one showed me that this division can definitely be winnable for the Jaguars I think it's kind of up in the air I don't think the Titans are very good don't think the Colts are very good don't think the Jags are great either but I think that they can be good enough to win this division so I'm doubling down on that prediction and I'm sticking to it and I'm saying that the Jags are going to win the AFC South All right, the last team that I want to talk about is the Patriots. The Patriots looked like a disaster in week one, specifically on offense. They look like they can be one of the 
worst offenses in the league this year. I mentioned on last week's episode I was concerned about the no offensive coordinator kind of thing. Bill Belichick decided not to name one and he's kind of doing like this weird offensive coordinator by committee type of deal. Very strange situation especially for a young developing quarterback like Mac Jones. I think that's going to hurt his development to be hearing a whole bunch of different stuff from a whole bunch of different people rather than you know one reliable coach that he can count on as his offensive coordinator. So it didn't surprise me that that offense looked so bad. Their defense definitely looked worse than I would have expected it to. The Patriots defense has always been their staple. It's always been solid. Did not look very good in week one. So I'm not changing my stance on the Patriots. I still think they're bad. I think week one proved how bad they can be. But I'm going to go as far to say that the Patriots are going to finish in last place in their division. The Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins will all finish with a better record than the New England Patriots. And I think that the Patriots might have one of the worst records in the entire AFC conference. Sure, they'll grind out a couple victories when their defense gets it together and their running game and the way that they can play in that way. I just don't see any weapons on the offense. I don't see anything scary. They have no players that are capable of really breaking a game open. And I think this is going to be a very bad season for the Patriots. So give me them finishing last in the AFC East and maybe even last in the entire AFC conference. Okay, so now there's a couple of players that I want to talk about. I mentioned last week about Patrick Mahomes. How there's been much made all offseason about the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill and many people were down on the Chiefs coming into this year because of how good that division got during the offseason and without Tyreek Hill that the Chiefs could take a step backwards and maybe Mahomes would struggle a little bit without his most dangerous weapon. I disagreed with what seems to be the common opinion heading into this year on Mahomes and the Chiefs. I said I thought the Chiefs would be fine. I still picked them to win that division. And I said that I thought that Patrick Mahomes would play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and feel like he had something to prove because for whatever reason, everybody's doubting him despite the incredible start to his career. I mean, through four years as a starter, he's the most accomplished quarterback in NFL history through four years. He's already won more than 50 games. He's won a Super Bowl. He's made it to the conference title game all four seasons as a starter. Won it twice. Won an MVP. Won a Super Bowl MVP. And I mean, he's done all of that in just four years so far. That would be a good resume for any quarterback for their entire career. He's done it in just four years. He's just getting started. Yet there were all these doubters. I thought he felt disrespected. I thought he'd play with the chip on his shoulder. After one week, he certainly did. He threw five touchdown passes. He looked basically flawless. He looked motivated. He looked hungry. So I am going to double down even further on Patrick Mahomes. I already felt like he was going to have a great year. I'll take it one step further. I'm picking Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP this season. I think he's going to be on a mission all season long. He wants to show more so that this is his offense. Sure, he benefited from having Tyreek Hill, but he does not necessarily need Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is a great wide receiver, but Patrick Mahomes is so good of a quarterback that it doesn't really matter all that much what receivers he has on his roster. He will make it work. Andy Reid is the passing game genius, one of the best passing game coaches in NFL history. This is still a match made in heaven with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I think Andy Reid's creative juices got pumping a little bit more without Tyreek Hill. I think Patrick Mahomes is motivated to prove a point without Tyreek Hill. 
early stages of the season. He sure looks like it in week one. I'm going to go all the way with it. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP this season. Okay, one last player that I want to talk about this week, and it's from a little bit of a different angle. I'm going to talk about this player from more of a fantasy football angle as opposed to a real football angle, and that's Marcus Mariota. Now, I've never really thought that Marcus Mariota was all that good of a quarterback, and to be honest, I still don't think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's a pretty good athlete. He's obviously very good at running the ball and that running ability is I think what's going to make him a fantasy football asset this season as a quarterback I think he could be a sleeper to have a really good year with not just how well he runs but how often he runs take Jalen Hurts as an example now I don't think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback at all I actually think he's a pretty bad quarterback but he is an incredible fantasy football quarterback he is definitely a top 10 fantasy football quarterback arguably even a top five fantasy football quarterback. He proved that last season. He started to show it the year before. He already showed it again in week one this season. Quarterbacks who run as often as Jalen Hurts often have a lot of success. Another example that I'll use is Taysom Hill for the Saints. He is a terrible quarterback. I think everybody can agree that he's not a good quarterback at all. But those few games that he started for the Saints at quarterback, because of how often he runs the ball and those rushing yards that he gets, he scored a ton of fantasy football points for the quarterback position. Now, I see Marcus Mariota this season being another example of that type of quarterback. If he can keep that job all season long, if the Falcons aren't completely out of it at some point, which I think they will be out of it at some point, but they may decide later in the year to give a look to Desmond Ritter, the rookie that they drafted in the draft this year. So if that happens at some point later in the year, that can definitely derail Marcus Mariota. But for the time being, while he's the starting quarterback, I think he's a sneaky good play at the quarterback position because of how much value he brings with rushing the ball. Similar to Jalen Hurts on a consistent basis, similar to the flashes that we've seen as Taysom Hill as a guy who fills in. If he's available on the waiver wire of your league, I think he's definitely worth an add and a stash. If you don't feel safe starting him yet, I fully understand that. But I think he is definitely worth having on the roster because of his rushing upside and how many fantasy points that can bring you from quarterback. And then from the DFS, the daily fantasy perspective as well, I think he's a sneaky good play. He is a very cheap option at quarterback that can get a lot of those points with the rushing yards, especially in match like in week two where he's playing a very tough matchup against the Rams the Falcons are likely going to be playing from behind for most of that game so for quarterbacks that always means when you're playing from behind you get a lot more opportunities to throw the ball for a quarterback like Mariota that's a lot more opportunities to run the ball he scrambles a lot he rolls out of pressure when he gets in trouble he doesn't look to get rid of the ball or throw it downfield he looks to run the ball and he's honestly been pretty good in doing so he's a very productive runner, not a good thrower. The Falcons aren't very good, so they're going to be playing from behind a lot. So I think that recipe altogether makes Marcus Mariota one of the most interesting fantasy football sleepers of this season. And I think he's actually going to have a very good year. And if he plays the full season, might even finish as a top 15 fantasy quarterback. Okay, so those are my overreactions following week one of the 2022 NFL season. Touched on a little bit of everything. 
I hit on some teams. I doubled down on a couple of my predictions from last week. I altered some things. I covered a little fantasy football, some individuals. So a little bit of everything on my reactions from after week one. We'll see how those play out for the rest of the season. Obviously looking forward to another week in week two. Again, I will be hosting the Dallas Cowboys game when they take on the Bengals. Join me for it on the Rave On Sports app. Also, make sure you check out the trenches presented by Armchair Athletics. Go to YouTube, find them there. They release new content for the show every week, weekly episodes, as well as little side features and whatnot as well. And then I would just like to give one more shout out to all of the sponsors of this show. La Touraine, Pick'em Wars, Team Clicks and fanatics if you have anything to give please give it to merlin's kids the charity that i'm supporting right now for the trenches show and just in general it's a great cause all of the sponsors the links to the charity to the trenches to Ravon sports everything i mentioned in this show can all be found in one place on my twitter page at adam hole sports i have direct links for all of those things that i just mentioned so i hope you follow me there i hope you come back again next week and join me for another episode of the podcast. Until then, this has been Adam Hulse. Thanks for listening.